Welcome, all you math-minded teachers, to the Math-Minded Teachers Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Skierski, from RethinkMathTeacher.com, a podcast, website, series of online courses and books, and a Facebook group dedicated to helping you reach all of your students through quality instruction, differentiation, remediation, and effective classroom management. So let's dive into this episode. What if we taught math like we teach everything else? Before we get started, have you taken my free professional development class online called Five Practices to help your students get it? In this 30-minute class, I'm going to give you five teaching strategies that will help you reach all your students. They're quick and easy to implement, and they'll give you a large bang for your buck. And of course, since it's free, there's not really a buck involved. Anyhow, come check it out. Just visit the website, RethinkMathTeacher.com. You'll find links all over the place to the free class called Five Practices or Strategies to Help Your Students Get It. So think about how you learn a new skill, and it could be any skill, a foreign language, a musical instrument, some kind of arts and craft, a sport, anything, even something academic. Just think about the last time you had to learn something new. First, you're shown how to do the skill. Someone teaches you, maybe you read it on a, in a book, maybe you watched a YouTube video, but you learn the new skill by having a tutorial. Then you practice that skill with immediate feedback. And you continue to practice that skill until you've mastered it. And then only after you've mastered it do you move on to the next skill. For example, I learned how to play a little bit of guitar when I was in college. And so the first thing someone did is they held the guitar in their hands and they showed me the fingering for the chord G. And then they played it for me so that I could hear it and handed me the guitar. Then I put my fingers on it. Okay, so I've had my tutorial, now I'm going to practice, and I strum the guitar. Now, when I strum the guitar, it did not make the sound it's supposed to make. It sounded terrible. And that was my immediate feedback. I immediately knew that I had done it wrong. And the person who was showing me said, no, you need to move this finger a little bit here and this finger a little bit there and push a little harder here. They gave me that instant feedback, and I practiced over and over again till I could play the G chord. And then I moved on to the C chord and the D chord and so on. And this is how we learn new skills. We get to a teaching, we do practice with immediate feedback, and then once we've mastered the first skill, we move on to the next. So let's break each of these down briefly. The first is quality instruction. And no doubt you are giving quality instruction. One thing I would caution you to do is make sure your instruction isn't the majority of your class period since this is only one component of learning something new, but your students will benefit from good quality instruction, and part of that is being precise and to the point. So I'm always seeing in math teacher groups people saying, oh, how would you teach this and how would you teach that? And I just want everyone to understand there's no little magic trick or formula that's going to help all of your students get it. So don't stress about that. Don't look for all these creative, never-before-done ways of explaining some type of concept to your students. At the end of the day, just make it a good teaching, a short teaching, and then get them into the practice, which is the next component of quality and so let's go back to the thinking about how we learn a new skill. First, we are shown it, and then we have to practice it over and over again until the knowledge of that skill moves from our short-term memory to our long-term memory. 
at which point we become masters of that material. Think about a musician. You know, they read a string of notes that just look like a foreign language, but they immediately know exactly which note to play and how fast to play it. And their fingers move to the correct position on their instrument, or sometimes their lips move into different positions. And they do this intuitively and quickly because it's in their long-term memory. It's now natural reaction when they see that note. As a math teacher, you probably don't have to think too hard about how to do most of the skills. You've done them enough that it is just, it's just intuitive at this point. But experts say that it takes the average person between 15 and 30 repetitions to learn a new skill. Now that's average. Most of your students are not average. They're below average, especially in math. We as math teachers, we're probably above average. We probably don't need the 15 to 30 repetitions to learn the new skill. We're what you would call naturals. See, I am not a natural. You probably heard this story from me before. When it comes to learning a skill with my feet, like soccer or surfing or skating, I'm terrible. It takes me way more than 30 repetitions. I remember I took a group of uh, kids from my church to North Carolina to go snowboarding. Now we're from South Florida, so they'd never, most of them hadn't even seen snow before, but a lot of them were really good at skateboarding. So they were naturals. And so I was really excited because I had finally practiced snowboarding enough where I could snowboard pretty decently. And I was going to be able to teach these students how to do the same. But as soon as they got on the snowboards, they just stood up and snowboarded away. They were naturals. And that's just how they were wired. I'm not wired that way. It's very hard for me to learn those skills. And that doesn't make me dumb. It just means they're naturals and I'm not. So when you look at your struggling students, I want you to think, your struggling math students, I want you to think about the fact that they're not naturals. This is difficult for them and that's okay. There's things that are difficult for all of us. But we as teachers, we need to make sure that we're getting them enough repetitions so that they learn the skill. And I want to remind you that it is not enough to do the skill 30 times or 40 times or however many it takes to master it. They have to do it correctly. I always quote Vince Lombardi who said, practice does not make perfect. Perfect practice makes perfect. If you think you're playing the G chord on your guitar, but you're off, your fingers are off the right spots, but you do it a hundred times, it's going to be hard to unlearn that process and then relearn the right way. So same with your students. When they're practicing, make sure they're practicing it the right way. And how do we do that? We provide immediate feedback. And this is one of the most important uh, strategies for helping your students learn something. As I already alluded, when we learn a new skill, we're constantly checking to see that we've done it right. This is because immediate feedback is necessary to learn the skill. It helps you because you quickly identify if you're making a mistake or if you're doing it correctly, you gain confidence. But as math teachers, often we're assigning large amounts of problems without the immediate feedback. So the students are doing them, but they don't know if they're doing them correctly. And that is not of benefit. They need the immediate feedback. So I want you to think about that when you're assigning problems to your students, especially for homework. If you're giving them a bunch of homework problems without the ability for them to immediately check and know whether or not they're getting them right, is there any value in that? Are they able to learn from their mistakes? 
And if you're waiting, you're saying, well, no, we're going over it the next day. That's a long time at that age. They've probably forgotten what they did and how they got their answers. They still did those 10 problems with no immediate feedback on all of them. Okay, the last thing I want to remind you of when we learn a new skill is that we master the first component before we move on to the next. And anything else is ridiculous. So my children recently learned how to ride a bike and I started them on training wheels. And I have to tell you, for my uncoordinated children from their uncoordinated father, it was difficult for them to first ride a bike with training wheels. And I'm not gonna lie, they fell down a lot. And you might ask yourself, how can a kid fall down on a bike with training wheels? But in my family, we can do it. We're that good. Anyhow, it would have been silly if my children were trying to ride a bike with training wheels and failing. And then I had said, well, you know what? It's been enough time. It's time for us now to move on to riding the bike without training wheels. If they can't ride it with the training wheels, why would I expect them to be able to balance it without the training wheels? And so what we need to do is help them master that skill and then progress them on to the next skill, okay? We need to do the same thing in our math class. Too often we're teaching the first skill to our students, chapter one, section one, we teach it, and then we move everybody on, but everybody's not ready. And when we keep doing this, and now we're in chapter two and chapter three, and some of these students are just getting drug along without ever mastering anything, it's no wonder that they're far behind and they're confused and they're saying that you're not a good teacher because they don't understand, but they don't understand because they haven't been given the time to master it. So allow your students to master the skill they're working on before you move them on to the next skill. Now, how can you do that? How do you help everybody when everybody learns at different rates? Johnny might be a natural and only needs five or 10 repetitions to master the skill, but Susie is not a natural and she needs closer to 40. How can I give them both what they need, especially considering that Susie's gonna take longer to do her 10 than it's gonna take Johnny, who's a natural? Well, again, the answer, as you're noticing in season one of this podcast, is skills-based learning stations. If I put all my students in a learning station that focuses on the skill they need to develop, I can allow them to remain in that learning station until they master it. And once they master it, I progress them to the next learning station. So I've got a ton of resources on the website about how to get started with skills-based learning stations, how to implement them into your classroom. I have an online class and a book that's gonna help you do that. I have some pre-made learning stations for you on the Teachers Pay Teachers website, of course. Uh, if you're interested in any of that, just come over to the website, rethinkmathteacher.com. So before we wrap up this episode, let's just review what we talked about. We associated learning a math concept, any concept, adding integers, one-step equations, graphing. We associated that with what it's like to learn any new skill, cooking, something mechanical, something athletic, something musical, artistic. And we discovered that it's the same pattern. First, we have to be shown how to do it properly. Then we have to practice it, and we need that immediate feedback. And when we're realizing that we're not doing it correctly, we need to, again, be shown how to do it. I'm sure you've had this happen where you're working on something and you realize you're not doing it right. So you go back and you, again, watch a tutorial or ask somebody to re-show you how to do it. And I want to challenge you, how are you providing all of that for your students? 
course, I'm sure everybody's giving them the quality instruction. That's rarely the issue. The issue comes with the sufficient amount of practice needed to master the skill. Remember, it's 15 to 30 repetitions on average. The students who are naturals will need less than that. And the students who are um, academically slower or challenged or they enter your class already behind, or they're just not good at math, they're gonna need more than those 15 to 30 repetitions. And again, all those repetitions, you need to be giving them immediate feedback or it really doesn't count. It's really not helping them, it's only taking them further from where they be. So that's what you need to be providing for your students to help them master the new concepts. And are you doing that? And if not, how can you start doing that? And if you aren't sure of how you can immediately begin doing these things, I would encourage you, come over to the website and check out skills-based learning stations. Okay, guys, that's going to do it for another episode on the podcast. I hope you've enjoyed it. I hope you've been challenged. I hope you've been challenged to think critically about what you're doing to service your students. And I hope you walk away from this episode equipped to reach them all. See you guys in the next one.